1: What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Friday, November the 15th edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's Mailbag Friday on top of College Football Friday. We'll give you the lock of the week, and I'll build out a mock offseason and draft centered around a veteran quarterback acquisition, all of that and more, but first, before any of it, I I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Top 200 on iTunes, top 100 on Spotify. Wherever you find your podcast, go ahead and do that for us. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, as voted. By Dolphins Twitter. You can find the show at Locked On Fins. We'll follow you back and check out lockedondolphins.com. The Brian Flores piece from Thursday is getting a lot of love and views. Go check that out if you have not done so already. And with that, let's just go ahead and jump right in. That's The injury report is up on Friday, or I should say Thursday, rather. I forget what day it is sometimes on this podcast, recording one day early. But of course, as it seems to be the case most weeks, the Bills have nobody on their injury report. This says they are healthy heading into the game. The Dolphins had one cornerback, Ken Webster, who's been banged up since the Pittsburgh game. He did not practice. He will not play in the game on Sunday. Limited, defensive end Taco Charlton, Devon Godshaw's in there. Rashad Jones was also limited with a chest injury, which we learned is actually a cracked rib. Raquan McMillan's knee has him on there. Avery Moss is in there with an ankle and Durham Smythe with a knee and elbow. So no Jerome Baker, which is great because I thought he was out for the season after that injury on Sunday against the Colts. Of course, he returned to the game and now he appears to be fine. So Dolphins heading into this game a little bit banged up. The Bills are perfectly healthy. We talked about the prediction on yesterday's podcast and something we forgot to do last week on the podcast was... Was the lock of the week. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And the lock of the week this week, and I talked about it in the preview episode, the Bills don't tackle all that well. They have Tredavious White in their secondary on the Dolphins' top receiver in Devontae Parker, and Albert Wilson has been off to a slow start this season. His season high in yards is only 22 receiving yards on the year, and I'm going to go as far as to say that he doubles his season high in receiving. Only 44 yards, so why don't we go ahead and round that up and make it an even 50? Albert Wilson goes for 50 receiving yards on Sunday. That's the lock of the week, which I think I'm 1-7 on this year. I missed two weeks on the podcast, just completely forgetting about the segment. Good looking out there, Travis. Really slacking off, but it's a little bit easier to do that when you lose every single week. So here we are, 1-7 and on the locks, but Albert Wilson, 50 receiving yards on Sunday against the Bills, more than doubling his season high. And now let's go ahead and pivot into the favorite Friday segment, the Twitter mailbag. You guys know the drill. I put the call out on my Twitter timeline. You respond with the question. I get to as many as I can. And with that, let's go ahead and start here with Noah. He's at Bullet237. Any thoughts on Kaepernick? Any chance we could acquire him if we don't end up getting our franchise quarterback at the position? I'll make this very clear and brief on Colin Kaepernick the reason he hasn't gotten a job in the NFL is not because he's not good enough nobody denies that fact but it's the fact that he has a whole dog and pony show that comes with him and you might say well yeah that's a great cause and a great purpose to have behind your name he's obviously fighting for something very important and something much bigger than just himself but that's not how it works in the NFL hell just today in Brian Flores' press conference he was going after a reporter my good buddy Safeddeen of the South Florida sun Sentinel. And he was basically making a point about the team falling into distractions by reading their own press clippings, like Nick Needham, for instance. And so I think when you consider a backup quarterback, you're not going to bring a guy in as a backup quarterback, who's more popular than everybody else on the team and is a media distraction. You just can't do that. And then that's, you know, maybe that's something wrong with the NFL inherently, but that's what it is. And you just cannot have a guy like that. Who's not going to come out and be a pro bowl level quarterback. If he, was that, then you would gladly accept all the baggage that comes along with that move. And again, I use the term baggage very discreetly or very carefully here because I don't consider him to be a bad guy by any stretch of the imagination. Again, I fully believe and support what he stands for, but In the NFL, it's all about winning and any distraction that diverts the attention of the players away from winning will be discarded as Colin Kaepernick has been. So as far as Kaepernick's NFL prospects, look, I don't think a quarterback's going to come off of the street from two years away from the game, about two and a half years now after the season's over, it'll be three years, but I don't think he comes in and picks things back up and even gets back to the level he was at in 2016 when frankly, he wasn't that good in Chip Kelly's scheme. You go back before that. Colin Kaepernick was a fantastic player. Is he that anymore? I highly doubt it, but if he is, sure, why not go after him? And the next one here comes in from another Noah, Noah DuPont, at Noah's a dork. Yes, you are, Noah. What's going on, buddy? What if the Jets want to let go of Le'Veon Bell after the season? Do you think the Dolphins would trade for him? If yes, what do they give up? I personally wouldn't go in that direction because I don't think a back like Le'Veon Bell is the kind of guy this Dolphin staff would really be inclined to go out and spend a bunch of money on. That's the biggest hangup there. They wouldn't even give Kenyon Drake a few million bucks a year. I don't think they're going to go out and spend, you know, upwards of 10, 12 million dollars on a running back that frankly this year hasn't been that good, even when he's gotten the opportunities. And again, taking that year off, it's a big, big deal. It took Ricky Williams, who's one of the greatest running backs in the history of the league. It took him a while to get back in the flow of things. So I think the cost would be way too prohibitive for the Dolphins. As far as his skill set, I think they're going to want fit- to out that position with guys that can sort of be interchangeable in the work they do. So you can lose a running back to an injury or you can sub him out on a series-by-series basis and keep them fresh heading into December and January. So I think it's going to be low-level risks or low-level investments, I should say, into the position and not going after the big expensive names. I do think they would be inclined to trade like a second-round draft pick, for instance, for Austin Eckler because his contract would still be cheap. But I do not think they'll give out big-time dollars to any running backs. Next question here from scratch. Scrappy to cat. He's at Scrappy to cat one. What's the Cape guy up to these days? I actually didn't see him today because I jetted out of my class early. And to be perfectly frank, I've been so busy with other stuff that I haven't been to class a whole lot the last couple of weeks since I got back from Miami, just random things getting me away from class. But I actually talked to him the other day. He's a really nice guy off of the whole, you know, football is stupid or sports or stupid thing that he mentioned. I made a joke in the middle of class. Somebody was presenting a video and the wrong music came up and it looked like one of those E Harmony commercials. And I voiced that joke, which got laughs. And he turned around and goes, hey, I'm on E Harmony." And I said, hey, no joke. Judgment held here, man. I met my wife on Tinder, so you're all good with that. He's a nice guy. I am not the kind of person who's going to you know, exclude anybody from conversation based upon the things they like or how they look or that type of thing. I think variety in the world's beautiful. I welcome it entirely. If that's what makes him happy, then great. And actually, I kind of felt bad because he presented a video in class at one point where he basically said that he was a varsity football player in high school, which blew my mind. And he said that he hated the football players because they would bully him and they once put him in the trash can, which you know, hard to not kind of chuckle at that, but also very sad at the same time. So I think he's doing good. He's, he seems like a nice guy. Update on cape guy is that he and I were bros at this point. Might have to get my own cape here pretty soon. How does one even go about beginning to shop for a cape? What do you Google to find capes online? I know that they might be expensive, and if they are too expensive, attention for you guys, past, present, and future my MyBookie players, During Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions early game at 1230 Eastern. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to 250 bucks. If you win, congratulations. You've got some extra holiday spending cash in your pocket. If you lose, also congratulations because my bookie will give you all your money right back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer my bookie welcomes all to come play so quit waiting around and sign up today and if you find yourself wanting to bet sports but have a lot of questions don't sweat it my Bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process and the best part is if you join this thanksgiving week you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign up offer just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code locked on and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet on Thanksgiving only. If you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie, where you play, you win, you get paid. Every single Friday on the podcast I'm presented with an opportunity to display some restraint over my addiction the bang energy drinks and they directly impact my performance on the show and yet I remain powerless to the power of the bang. Let's go ahead and jump back into your Twitter questions here. And this one comes in from Mark Clifford. He's at mclifford36 on Twitter. You keep talking about how well players on the D-line are doing yet. Our run defense is awful. What seems to be the main issue or weak link? Let me go ahead and start first with my own evaluations. I don't really put the negative out there right now just because we expected there to be so much of it that it felt like redundant. And guys like Trent Harris, for instance, or even Charles Harris, for that matter, it's just... I don't see the need to pile on those guys with the negative aspects. I've long said this season, to me, was like an extended preseason. And the way I cover this team in the preseason is pointing out the guys that are excelling and showing you the clips where they're playing well. And that's been my mindset for the entire season. So guys like Devon Godshaw and Christian Wilkins, who have great moments, but also some bad moments as well, or Vince Beagle, for that matter, who's been terrific all year long with the Dolphins. But you still do have guys that struggle. Like, for instance, I think Taco Charlton's having a rough go of it off the edge. I think their edge run defending in general has been pretty poor this year. And that's a combination of guys like Sam McGuavin, uh, Taco Charlton, Charles Harris, guys that just kind of get wiped off the edge when they have too much to think about in the scheme or if they're just undersized. So yeah, there are guys that are having very nice seasons so far from Miami, like John Jenkins in a pinch or Devon Godshaw consistently or Christian Wilkins up and down, although more up lately than down, there are still plenty of guys in the roster that are struggling, and I think that's why you get some of those run leaks pretty frequently on this defense. Next question here from Manuel Mendoza. He's at History Nerd 10. If you gave a Madden like rating out of 99 for instance for intelligence to a quarterback who would be your current top 5 in the NFL? What would you give Tua Burrow, From, Fields, Love, Hertz, etc? That's a great question and one that I have to think about. Let's just go ahead and go off the top of the head. Number one's Tom Brady. He always beats you pre-snap pretty much regardless of what you're going to do to him. I think number 2 I might go with Phillip Rivers. He tends to have a really innate way to get the football out of his hands despite pressure because he knows where the pass is supposed to go and sometimes you will get that fourth quarter drive he had against the Raiders a couple of Thursdays ago or was it last Thursday where he basically just throws the thing up there and prays for it but I do think that most of the time he has an idea where to go with the ball and it works out pretty well for him so Brady, Rivers, And Drew Brees is probably even on top of both those guys as well as the number one. He's the best anticipatory thrower in the history of the league, in my opinion. I'd put Aaron Rodgers in there as well just because of all the work that he does to get guys to jump off sides or to find weaknesses and relentlessly attack them on the defensive backfield. And then I'll go with Matt Ryan, who is just one of my favorite dudes to watch in the league. I go back to that week two game. I talked about it on the podcast, the Sunday night game where they beat Philadelphia on a little slip screen to Julio Jones to win the game. And that check that he went to against the zero blitz was just brilliant quarterback play. I absolutely loved it. Get the ball into your playmaker's hands and let him go win the game for you. So Brady. Rodgers, Breeze, Rivers, and Matt Ryan would be my top five intelligence quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And I will say that Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson can probably get themselves into that range, but I think that Russell relies so much on going off script and the majesty of his play, which is just so incredible to watch. And then with Deshaun Watson, I think that his knowledge of the coverages is great and him knowing kind of when he can get away with extending is also great. It's just a different type of intelligence, but a lot of these guys have it, But I'll go with those five guys I named first, Brady Rivers, Breeze, Rogers, and Matt Ryan. And then as far as the college guys, I would give Tua the highest grade possible, probably a 99 in that regard. He's just so sharp at beating the defense pre-snap. Jake Burrow, or <laughs> Jake Burrow, Joe Burrow and Jake Fromm would be next, and they're close in that category, neck and neck. They both really know how to get the defense off balance from pre-snap. I think that Justin Fields is not eligible this year, and I don't really have a great beat on him yet because I've only watched him on broadcast versions. Jordan Love is struggling big time in that regard, so he falls quite a bit down, and Jalen Hurts We don't know if he can do it because he hasn't done it yet. The Lincoln-Riley offense is so wide open, he's not making really quick snap reads. And you could see it sometimes with Baker Mayfield as well as Kyler Murray, but I don't think Jalen Hurts has done it as much as those guys have, so I'll say incomplete on him. So it's two at the top of the class, Burrow and Fromm next, and then Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts are quite a bit down that list, and Justin Herbert, to me, is probably closer to Jordan Love than he is to Jake Fromm. He's not very good in the anticipatory action of the game or pre-snap recognition of the defense. Next question here from Chris Lorando. He's at extortion on Twitter. I know we've talked about this before, but what is wrong with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson? Talks about Wilson's hip and uh, Jakeem always being invisible. Hard workers that always seem to not get involved in the offense. Yeah, you know, watching Jakeem Grant in training camp was so much fun because he embarrassed Somebody every single day with his line of scrimmage release. But I watch these guys in season, and I have heard before that Jakeem Grant isn't always where he needs to be on routes. And I think that's probably a big problem in his game. As for Albert Wilson, it's to me, it's the hip, man. Like uh, we talked about this on the podcast with Kevin Dern before, and he said that that hip basically. Whether you get surgery or don't, you're never going to be the same again. And I think we might be seeing that with Albert Wilson. The fact that both those guys got outsnapped by Alan Hearns on Sunday was a major indictment of the way this front office and coaching staff feels about those guys, in my opinion. So I wonder if they're going to be here long-term. It's just not going well for them right now. Next one here from Finn 44 He's at Shu, 2313 Do you want the Dolphins to win another game? I'll put it like this. I want Tua Loa more than anything because... I just believe that he's a perfect fit for the scheme, and I think he's a great quarterback who's going to be great in the league, kind of on the same level of how I felt about Kyler Murray last year, and that's worked out pretty well. So I do believe that he is the number one target, but if Brian Flores can rip off four or five more wins on this week's schedule and get these performances out of guys like this and continue the December trajectory that he's on right now... I don't know how you scoff at that because that's going to be so valuable going forward and you might not have to go out and spend all those resources and free agent money on guys because maybe you can just go ahead and coach guys up and have the talent level raised up by the coaching like we've seen so far this year. So if the Dolphins go out and dominate teams, I'm not going to be worried about that. Like that's totally fine because the talent is just not there and the dominance means the coaches are just kicking ass and I'll take that 10 times out of 10. But still, the point remains, if they have to trade up for him, whatever the case may be, Tua is still my number one target of the entire offseason. So I didn't really answer your question. I'll say no, I don't want them to. Last one here before our final break on this show, you often talk about how good this receiver class is. Check that. It comes from Dave Canfield. He's at Dave Canfield. Sorry about that, Dave. You often talk about how good this receiver class is for the draft, but as we have a bigger need at running back, are there many good players in that position coming through that we could scoop up? Yeah, 100%. I think running back is the second best position in this class. We actually saw Daniel Jeremiah on Thursday or Wednesday, I can't remember, but he tweeted out that this is the best draft class he's ever seen for the receivers and he's been doing it since 2003 and recall that 2014 class that had Sammy Watkins Odell Beckham and Mike Evans consider how crazy that praise is to heap that on this class also had Stefan Diggs and Jarvis Landry in that group as well but I do believe that he's accurate in saying that and I think you can probably get round one talent at receiver in this class somewhere in like the late second round maybe even the third round but at running back Dude, this class is unbelievable. You've got the power, the size, the speed. You've got the combination players, pass catchers, pass protectors. And I talked about this on Twitter about Najee Harris's kind of explosion onto the scene in recent weeks. That dude was a freshman stud at Alabama going back to the 2017 season. He was absolutely killing it. Had a bit of a slump last year, kind of like J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State, and now he's back in the fold. I mentioned a Josh Jacobs quote from Nick Saban, and this goes back to the draft draft process last year, and they were asking, why is Josh Jacobs only getting the ball? eight, ten times a game in September if he's such a good running back. And Nick Saban basically said, well, one, we don't have to give him... 100 carries because we're very damn good and two who got the ball when it mattered the most it was always josh jacobs and the same thing's kind of happening now with naji harris at alabama he had 19 of the team's 24 carries in the game from running backs and i think we're seeing him start to kind of step up into the forefront i think jk dobbins is right up there you've obviously got jonathan taylor from wisconsin who frankly i've kind of cooled on him a little bit he kind of has some lesser games against big time competition and seems to be more of a product of his offensive line in front of him. I think that AJ Dillon from Boston College could be your hammer. I would be surprised if Miami doesn't come out of this with two backs that are capable. You've got DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne from Georgia and Clemson. Those are kind of more of your flashy scat backs, but they also have power in their game and pass catching. Yeah, man, the bottom line is this. This running back class is very, very good. I think there's probably going to be 10 to 12 guys in this class that can come into the league and have an impact on offense right away. And speaking of Away, Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. And since you're looking all swaggy in your travel gear, you're heading out to a new town, maybe some new ladies to impress, but maybe you don't perform like you did when you were 21. So listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever your number is called. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code MLB to try it for free today. Blue Chew is the better Cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.
1: It is Friday on the Locked On Dolphins Podcast. We are coming to you as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and hopefully, as I sit here today, the Steelers are 5-5 five and five after the Browns hopefully pull off a victory. As I made two proclamations about the game, the first is that the Steelers have been unbelievably lucky the last five games, their 4-1 and one stretch. They forced 4, 4, 3, 3, and 3 turnovers, which is certainly some skill involved, but that's just not Sustainable in the National Football League. 17 takeaways in five games is totally absurd, so maybe that comes back to earth on Thursday night, that, and I think Kareem Hunt is in for a big night, because fresh legs for a running back, he only played a few snaps last Sunday, we saw it with Kenyon Drake a couple weeks ago, not playing against Pittsburgh on Monday, having the week off, and then coming back on a Thursday against a short rest 49ers team, he has a big night, I think Kareem Hunt has a big night, maybe I'm wrong, and putting this out there on a Friday podcast is a dumb idea, but I digress, and I want to get back into some more of these Twitter questions. I've got three more here I'm looking at. First one from Mr. Stubborn at Abduarte underscore one. Are you aware of how teams rank, such as measurables, combine performance, and game tape, when they go into the draft? Are you able to tell us if there's a difference in this regime versus the previous ones in Miami when it comes to those? The best thing I can tell you about, and this is not like some shameless plug to go read my work, but I wrote an article about this back around combine time in 2019 where I gave you the list of measurements for. all the Patriots defensive parts and the Dolphins for the most part have kind of adhered to that they want fast cornerbacks that have good long speed and good lateral agility and good jumping metrics they don't care too much about the speed in the front seven so much they want bigger stronger more powerful guys as far as how different it is the Patriots Lions and Dolphins will all have different prototypes than the other 29 teams in the National Football League that's probably the best I can tell you there Mr. Stubborn next one here from the great Matsby he's at uh, Hagler underscore Matt, which player on the Dolphins roster do you think you could beat in a fight? And I'm here to tell you right now, Matt Hawk, I'm challenging you to a fight. Oh yeah. I'll be there December the 22nd when you guys face the Bengals and I'm calling you out right now, brother. I mean, it's got to be Matt Hawk. Who else would it be? And he would still probably wipe the floor with me. I weigh a buck 60, guys. Give me a break over here. Last one here from Chris J. F. Grave. He's at CJ F. Grave. Preferred drinking snack, chips, peanuts, pretzels, or nachos? Those are some good choices. I'll go with nachos because they're a little more filling. And if I snack too much, I get like in a mode where I'm not hungry enough for a meal, but I still like require the nutrients of good actual food. So I don't snack that much. What I usually do late at night when the missus has gone to bed is I crack into the ice cream and just go to town. I, I love ice cream. And usually it's a blizzard from Dairy Queen. Bring back the Reese's outrageous blizzard already, you monsters. I want it back okay, I'm going to fly through this uh, veteran quarterback acquisition offseason simulator right here because we're getting short on time. And I'll just go ahead and run through the Dolphins projected lineup. Quarterback, I know you guys hate this, Cam Newton and Jordan Love. At running back, I've got J.K. Dobbins, Mark Walton, and Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. At receiver, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker. I signed Emmanuel Sanders, and I've got Jakeem Grant and Alan Hearns there as well. At tight end, Mike Kosicki and Durham Smythe. Not sure who my third is yet. On the offensive line, Anthony Costanzo of the Colts, Joe Tooney of the Patriots, Evan Boehm is my starting center. Jesse Davis kicks back inside to right guard, and Lucas Nyong, the right tackle from T. ECU is my right tackle, defensive lineman, FA Obata from Carolina, Devon Godshaw next to Christian Wilkins inside, and then the first round draft pick is A.J. Epinesa with John Jenkins and Taco Charlton rounding out the depth there. On that side of the ball, outside linebackers are Kyler Fackrell, Jerome Baker with Vince Beagle, and then I drafted Anthony Jennings out of Alabama. My inside backer right now is Raquan McMillan, and I don't know who's behind him. The defensive backfield is Xavier Howard, Christian Fulton from LSU. He's a first round pick. Bobby McCain and Nick Needham. McCain's back in the slot, by the way. And then at safety, I've got either Von Bell or Byron Jones from the Saints or Cowboys Antoine Winfield Eric Rowe and Jamal Wilt so I took AJ Epinesa Christian Fulton Jordan Love Antoine Winfield J.K. Dobbins Lucas Nyong Anthony Jennings and Chuba Hubbard was my draft class I was thinking about writing a big article and making a whole segment on that but I think a quick short concise one is good at that and with that let's talk about the viewing guide from the weekend as well as get to my picks, even though I've been terrible the last couple of weeks. But we are completest here on the podcast, so we'll finish out the season. But first... The viewing guide for the weekend. We start tonight on Thursday. Last night for you guys in the podcast. Steelers and the Browns, a big game for Miami there. On Saturday, Tua Tungavailoa is at Mississippi State. Will he play in that game? He's questionable right now. It's at noon on ESPN. Georgia's at Auburn. A big one for Jake Fromm. That's at 3:30 Eastern on CBS. Utah State and Jordan Love, they are home for Wyoming. That's at 4 o'clock on ESPNU. Joe Burrow and LSU, they're at Ole Miss. That'll be a runaway game for them. 7 o'clock on ESPN. ESPN and Justin Herbert and the Oregon Ducks are home for the Arizona Wildcats that's late night 10 30 on ESPN on Sunday the Dolphins and Bills Texans are at the Ravens a big one there hopefully Lamar Jackson can get the Texans a loss for us the Jets are at Washington I'm conflicted there on who to root for I guess we'll see who needs to get the lowest pick in order for the Dolphins to have a chance at Tua and the Bengals excuse me the Bengals are at the Raiders on Sunday as well big game there Hopefully the Bengals can find their first W. I doubt it, but we'll see. My six picks, I am 32 and 37. That is just not good enough. I'll be honest, I haven't put as much time into these as I normally do, but we'll go ahead and press on. Michigan is giving 13 and a half points to Sparty. I'll take the fighting khakis in that one. Wake Forest is is getting 34 and a half points against Clemson. I'm just going to bet on Jamie Newman, the Wake Forest quarterback, that he can come within five touchdowns. West Virginia plus 14 and a half against Kansas State will give me the Mountaineers on that one. Iowa minus 2.5 against Minnesota. A letdown game for the Gophers, perhaps. Give me the Hawkeyes. Utah State's minus six against Wyoming. Give me Jordan Love in that one. And Oklahoma only minus eight and a half against a Baylor team who's unbeaten, but they've looked shaky as of late. So those are the college picks. Those are the weekend viewing guide. That is the podcast for this Friday edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast as it is time for me to go ahead and get out of here. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for a recap edition, recapping Dolphins and Bills here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy.